Shut up and sit down. Thank you and welcome to Films D Podcast, episode four. I'm your host, Richard Thomas. I'm alongside here with my co-producer and editor and engineer, Joe Walters. Today's guest, we have Charles J. Williams, cinematographer, film editor. Uh, thank you for being on the show, bro. Thank you. Um, man, you was just this past weekend and just at the crib chilling. I wake up in the middle of the night like, dude, who? I, I could have swore Joe was talking to like a third person in the house. It was just him and Chris. And you, I walk out to the living room, you chilling at the computer, writing scripts. Hey, you know, look, man, I'm mysterious like that sometimes. Sometimes I got to pop up and uh, and uh, be weird, but whatever, continue. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you kind of like, uh, what's that? Um, it's about three samurais, it's about, it's about, it's about two Afro in the morning. Samurai's uh, conscious, you just pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> Afro Samurai. Yeah, that's that. it. Yeah. Yeah, so. Wait, can, I, can we curse? Yeah. yeah. All right, great. You you good. can say whatever the f you want. So Thanks, Joe. Yeah. yeah. I ain't I have no censors. All right, all right, great. Like great. So, Cause me um, and me, no, I don't, but, yeah. Uh introduce yourself. I want to give you opportunity before we dig deep into the deeper questions. I want you to tell people who you are. All right. Um once again, my name is Charles J. Williams. Uh I'm born and raised on the south side of Chicago. I'm a Pisces. Uh no, I'm joking. Uh, this, this is a film podcast. Oh, not hey, a hey, podcast. you know. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put it out there. All right, yeah, no, but just because it's late, don't mean that you. <laughs> it's time for the ladies. <laughs> no, it's nah, real. you. you uh, like I said, from Chicago, Illinois, and um, I currently am a uh, like I said, a cinematographer and director of photography. Um, that's kind of my general introduction. Um, yeah. So tell me. When, because of your love for film, mm -hmm. I know uh, before we started, you hinted at uh, your background as someone who experienced in more than just film. Mm -hmm. What what got you into film? Uh, I like telling this story because I have the most unorthodox way of getting to where I am right now. Um, I started actually in high school. So um, I went to De La Salle High School, which is a Catholic private high school um, okay. on the south I side of Chicago. Yeah, uh, you know, with the tie and you got to be clean shaven and mm -hmm. you get detention. Man, you get detention if your shirt ain't tucked in, yeah, if okay, you got yeah. a mustache, man, it was, yeah. But, um, so it was a very much kind of a jockey type school, uh, really rooted in sports, uh, even though we were terrible. Um, I gravitated towards the theater. Um, that was one of my interests. I enjoyed sports, but I enjoyed doing theater better. Um, it was it was a home, you know what I'm saying? It was a place for like a weird artistic kid for myself to like be myself amongst a male dominated building with fifteen or eighteen year olds. So, um, yeah, I, I gravitated to the theater and I completely immersed myself and so I did theater in high school. And then when I was graduating um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I just like, I do theater now. I guess I can do theater for college and for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. So I went to Columbia College and uh, and I did theater. Um, and I took a, a Bachelor of Arts in it. And so about two years in, um, I came to the realization that theater ain't quite what I want to be doing. Um, there was this list 
uh, they would post this list on the hallway of like 20 plays you should have read by now. I read like one of them, maybe two. <laughs> Uh, it was like it was To Kill a Mockingbird and The Color Purple. I mean, so other than that, I hadn't really read anything else. No classics, <laughs> no, no I mean, Death of the Salesman. I mean, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that's because I knew the story. But like, but and so it was. I had a realization like this is not. It ain't quite working. You know what I'm saying? You said I ain't feeling you, George nah, Bernard Shaw. <laughs> so um, I ended up. Um, but by me being in theater, uh, I had a lot of film friends. Uh, I had two particular friends who would, when they shot their projects for school, they needed actors yeah. in the theater. So like I always helped out. But one thing I enjoyed, I enjoyed enjoyed helping out. Yeah. Rather than actually acting, so setting up the camera, learning what the camera did, setting up the tripod, you know, like right. all of that. And so <clears throat> that kind of like wet wet my whistle a little bit on getting started and then um one project i worked on um a friend of mine i was helping her i was helping her out and uh we went through it we did the project and at the um i saw the final video and the guy he did like this lightning bolt effect Mm -hmm. on the screen i was like how did you do that and he goes after effects i was like oh and it kind of like took off from there so like I found out what After Effects was, and for, the, for those of you who don't know, After Effects is a motion graphics program, but I feel like if you listen to this podcast, you would know that. But regardless, it's a motion graphics program that um, allows you to do <coughs> wonderful and amazing things digitally. And so from there, I got a copy of the program. <coughs> I'm sorry. And that uh, led to me editing. And so, and then so I learned editing. And so I ended up graduating with a bachelor of arts in theater and a minor in motion graphics. And then I got a job right outside of school as an editor. So mm-hmm. I was editing for this one guy in the South suburbs where I, my job every day was editing TV shows for broadcast. Nice. So uh, local broadcast stations here like uh, um, WJYS and KNTV. Okay. And so, uh, you know, church programs. Um, uh, no, were you? Uh, do you have you heard of Nick's story? Nick's story? Yes. Maybe. Huh? I doubt it. Why? No, I think it was on. You talking about that ghetto ratchet show that was on public <laughs> television? Yeah. In Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, man. It, you never seen that? Nah. What is? Uh, what is this? I can't remember how the whole story go. But Joe probably know more. No, I mean it's it's about. I've I've seen bits and episodes, of, you know, bits and pieces here and there, but it's about. Uh, this guy and he's just going through everyday life drama and stuff like that you okay. know uh, ratchet as fuck dude is, like he got two girlfriends like he juggling relationships was it like he trying to keep a job was like, it like a show that looked like it was supposed to be on bt it looked like it was like yeah know. not even it wasn't even bt like it was that low quality but it he shot it completely for free um, on public television because they had the program where you could come in and if you uh, w- went through the program, you could then have like a pilot of a show that you created yeah. on a network. Well, I didn't know about that. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, the guy, he's not doing the show anymore because he's in jail now because he uh, Whoa. actually, uh, his he hired somebody to kill his mom for insurance money. Okay. Oh, that was the same guy? That was the same guy. Wait, was this a plot in the show? No, or? no, no, no. This was real. <laughs> oh, oh, snap. Oh, this is real. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, well, now that's, I, a, that's an instance of when art becomes, you know, right, it becomes dangerous. Okay, yeah, all so. right. Well, I ain't got nothing to do with that show. Uh, <laughs> you never sh- seen it though. Uh, my, right, nah, no. my show had to do with the Lord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, nah, um, um, but uh, that's that, and, that, and that's I, it was easier to tap into that probably because of your background. At, yeah, um, so it, it was, it yeah. So I ended up editing. Uh, for local broadcast and then from there it kind of just started to grow and so like I took a few film classes at Columbia uh, but they were visual effects classes so how to do green screens how to do crazy effects with you know uh, masking and wire removal and you know compositing so those are the only traditional quote-unquote film classes that I took but I just still don't have I still have a formal training so not only did I get a job editing for a guy, which was a huge blessing, but I also met another man by the name of Eugene Bush. Oh, I'm sorry, let me get proper credit. The first guy I worked for, his name is Joel Hall. He's like a he's like a a, a, a matriarch in the game. Been shooting and editing for years. Worked back, been working for a long time. Like pretty much every, he's got the entire South Side Chicago church game on lock. So if you mention Joe Hall, Creative Force, they know who he is. So I got a chance to work under him and his tutelage. And he has the most steadiest hands I've ever seen. Like his camera, like his camera work is amazing. So here I am working for this guy, but I'm also getting a formal training on just how cameras work. I mean, he can break it down to like to the sensors, to the lens. He like, you know, explaining to me how like he still we were working with beta decks at a certain day. So like like still like not to say like he's old, but he is, but he knows principles and something that can't you can't you aren't born with. You know, you may be born with like visual skill, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? How to like see something, but to set up something up technically, because it's a we're in a very film's a very a te- uh very artistic and technical medium, you know, so you have to understand how to shoot, but then it, you understand understand how like a camera works and electronics within it. So he understood that. So I'm, I'm getting this amazing teaching from this matriarch in like video production in Chicago. And so like right outside of college. So already like I'm realized how blessed I am. And not only did I meet him, I met uh, this, another man by the name of Eugene Bush and who has a company called E-Trade Productions. And he was more of the social scene in Chicago. So while Joel and Creative Force was more of like church scene, Eugene was more of, was like social scene. So like rap parties and um, like liquor, liquor openings. And like we had like we had accounts with Hennessy and we had accounts with Heineken and like Power 92 was this local radio station, you know what I'm saying? So any like whenever like there was an artist that would come to Chicago in association with like Power 92 or Hennessy, we were the video team. So here I am like on these red carpets, like rubbing shoulders with Erica Badu and Asa Rocky and all these other folk. And I graduated college less than a year ago. And you still doing that type of yes, stuff right absolutely. now. Absolutely. That's what pays the bills, dude. I have all right, so <laughs> um uh you was just with uh what you just do most recently. I feel like I saw you behind the scenes. I was working at the red the carpet sh- at Chirac. Yeah, at the Chicago Theater. Yes. How I dude, I ended up there 
You got photobombed by Spike. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he did that on purpose or he was just looking weird. But, like, either way, it worked out perfectly. Like, if you go on Facebook, you can see my picture, charlesjwilliams.com. Or not com, just Charles J. Williams on Facebook. And you'll find uh, my picture. But, like, yeah. So, I end up, I'm doing stuff like that because of him. And so, I'm getting, but I'm learning how to talk to clients. You know what yeah. I'm saying? How to set up a shot. Like, you know, with the churches, it was multi-camera, multi-camera setup. So it would be three cameras, locked down on a platform, yeah. or on a tripod, or I would be handheld, but all going back to one thing versus... So you prefer having it being behind the camera, not necessarily being in the booth, working, the editing? Yes. I now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Siri sorry. on point. I hey, didn't invite her, wait, but I figured wait, she. Wait, wait. <laughs> Siri, you don't know me like that. I'm sorry, y'all. Welcome I, to the podcast, Siri. I'm mad she was listening. She know your life like that. Oh my goodness, yo! Can I, <laughs> a small tidbit, real quick. Can we just talk about how how smart computers are getting now? Like Google is predicting what I'm about to type next, right? So say I Google Martin Lawrence, right? Yeah. If I type the letter T, Tisha Campbell is going to pop up. Like, like the suggestion. How the hell did you know? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I get it. It's probably based upon previous searches. Da, 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 da. But, like, it's getting smarter, and it's freaking me out. But back on track. Nah, it happens like that sometimes. Okay, man. all right. I, I, I even get moments where my phone pop up with information and stories that is like, you. I know you want to read about... Uh, how to be a leader in your job set. And I was like, dang, I was just dealing with an issue yesterday at work. But I couldn't get this person to do what I needed them to do. It it read your Facebook post. Yeah, I guess it it could have. Oh, no, even worse. Speaking of, I had back pains this past Saturday, dog. And on Facebook, as soon as I logged on, it was like, Five ways to relieve lower back pain. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Did you search for back pain? No, I never fucking searched for back they pain. Listening. It's listening, dude. They listening. Oh, wait, I got another I was just complaining about my back, and oh, it came goodness. out of nowhere. So, did you write it down like a sending a text no, message or anything? Well, did you tell no, some? No, I was talking on the phone about it. I've only today been texting about my back. Like before, I wasn't, like, I ain't complaining about my back. I was just talking about it. But today I was just like texting my girl like, "Hey, my lower back still hurt. Yours hurt. Yeah, yeah. We we probably should get some invest in some weight belts because the gym ain't got them no more. So that was all. That was today. But yesterday was when the shit popped up on my phone on Facebook. As soon as I logged on, I was like, "How they know I got lower back pain?" So I I, I took the advice. I was like, "Maybe I should lay on the floor on my back." <laughs> they got you. <laughs> they got you. So well, yeah, if, I'm sure, I'm, getting, if y'all listening, then um, I need some money. <laughs> So uh, if y'all can give me a suggestion on the internet, you we should do a follow up interview to see. I'll if, probably send you this article I, I just read on numbers. Fast Company about how to uh, succeed at a Kickstarter campaign or oh, Indiegogo. See, see, hey, you see how he segue right back to it, Joe? This guy's mm-hmm. a professional. Um, but uh, yeah. I, so, dude, I know that you was writing when you came through yes. my to my crib on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yes. You working on stuff. You're trying to get things out there. Yeah. You've been working on other people's projects. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> real quick. So, I'm an editor. You know, that's my job outside of college. But, like, I have been wanting to get from behind the computer. Because editing, while it has been lucrative, it has, like, gotten me paid. You know, it's literally, like, been my job for the past five years. And now I've survived. Um, 
it's very much a job. It's a desk job. You're sitting down in front of a computer. You know what I'm saying? There aren't many differences between me sitting at a computer editing video clips versus someone crunching numbers and accounting. I just get to wear jeans. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's very much a desk job. And I'm a very active person, a very moving person. I need to be engaging. I need to be, I like being around humans. You know what I'm saying? And so while I enjoy editing and I'm, I'm good at it, you know, so I enjoy doing motion graphics and visual effects. There's still, there's a human component that I'm missing. And so when I'm on set, it is an amazing feeling, you know? And so it's like, I am br branching out outside of editing into doing more things. And so, um, writing is one of them. Um, I, recently I got a spark of an idea from a friend of mine, um, me and uh, Christopher Clark, aka Citizen X. Has he been on this podcast yet? Nah, we've been planning on quite a few times. Well, he was supposed to be on our podcast episode when we binge watched, um, what was it, uh, Jessica Jones? Jessica Jones, yeah. Oh, word. Yeah, we binge watched it, but we didn't podcast about it. Oh, you were going to podcast while you binge watched? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, well. That was the initial idea, but then everybody wasn't able to time. Our that, timing wasn't perfect. Yo, so. can we do that for Daredevil season yeah, two? Yeah, we can do that for Daredevil yeah, season two. Most, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have some opinions. Despite the fact you haven't even seen season one. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Wait, you haven't seen season yes, one? Get that blasphemy out of here. You know damn well I watched I it. I mean, all. he ain't seen the, uh, the trailer for season two. When it come out? Thing. It came out the first teaser was kind of in no, late November. And, uh, oh wait, no, I didn't see that. Huh? I didn't see that. Oh, you saw that I one. Was new. You haven't seen the most recent one that came out this week. Then we're talking about two different things. Nah, I guess we are. Tomato, tomato. I'm just, I'm, I'm only okay. antagonizing you, man. <laughs> anyway, I'm only antagonizing you. Let's get back on the topic. No, here. but we can do that. All right, yeah, but I'm down that's, for that. That sounds so like I will. Really I will call in, you so. back in for that episode. I live. When does that come out? Uh, it comes out the same day as Batman versus Superman. Well, that's even better. So I, that's I, like, I will be relieved to see that over Batman versus Superman. Yeah. They've ruined that with every trailer uh, they put out, man. Okay, so there's this rumor that it's not Doomsday? The villain? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't hear about that rumor, but... I'm not keeping up with anything related to Batman. Honestly, all right, so all right, so oh. people are pissed. I know. I hear why people are pissed. All right, I don't give a damn. I like about. reading people that talk shit about it. I do that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I will feed it to well, all of that. I can, like, I, keep we, clickbait we, me in the article. Here. I'm going to talk shit about it. Um, I don't really give a damn about the movie. I mean, I want to see it because, like, I like superheroes. But, like, I'm Team Marvel all day. Right. And... It's not like I don't like DC. I just I don't care. Like well, I it's just that Warner Brothers they don't get their life together. That's that's clearly because. <laughs> all right, so I feel like people are pissed off about this trailer because mm -hmm. you were you showed the shot of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman fighting together, when mm -hmm. the whole premise this entire time is they're about to fight each other. So right. we know there's a res resolution. Obviously, it's going to be a resolution, but don't. Give it to me. Yeah. Let me see that when I pay my twelve fifty. Well, that goes back into the notion that nowadays trailers show fifteen fifty too much. Say what? Uh, that goes back to feeds into the notion that nowadays trailers show way too much. Yeah, like you know, I will say though, like you know, with some some movies though, they manage to kind of keep things secret. Like Christopher Nolan, he's good for that. Yeah. J.J. Um, Abrams is good for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That. Hmm? 
Tarantino. Tarantino, yes. Kanye yeah. West. What? <laughs> no, it doesn't make me think of how Kanye West, like, when he has an album, like, it's on this, like, password-protected thumbprint hard drive that he keeps on his person the entire time. So he has, like, this hard drive that, like, you can only open it with his thumbprint mm-hmm. and a password from him. And, like, he make when you're in a studio with him, you cannot have yourself on out. So hard. like I mean I get it, but like what was the last album that shit still got leaked? Um, uh, co- you talking about uh, Yeezus? Yeah, Yeezus still got leaked only because it got sent to iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah someone yeah. in iTunes had like yeah, someone, pressed the button too soon. Right. Or something, like, <laughs> put it in the queue. Someone in Apple got to was say like, Houseway. <laughs> How? Anyway, um, God damn it, Kanye. Um. And, how do we land on Kanye? Interrupting podcast now. We were initially talking about Batman Superman <laughs> and why you don't like it. And then before that, we was talking about doing the episode of uh, the podcast about Daredevil. What is this podcast Prior about? Prior to that, we were talking about the things that you are going, you're in the process of working on. Right. So. And how you discovered you and a friend of yours, uh, Chris Clark, right. Citizen X. We, right. We did mention him. Yeah. Uh, and then right. we segued off on some other All right, shit. All right. Cool. So bet. I brought us back. Cool bet. I am a professional. So you and Chris is working. So on we're this. writing on a we're writing a script. Uh, it's a pretty cool idea. I'm not gonna really talk about what it is because it's a really awesome idea, and I feel like the moment you put it out there into the world, it's gonna be stolen. So, but just know, I feel like we're writing. We're this writing. is a publication. So at the end of the day, like this is like. Um, I could put this anything that you share on here on Wikipedia, and I know like, you can. Yeah, but that's why, that's why I'm not going to mention what it is yet. You'd be like Charles J. Williams, <laughs> uh, <laughs> project in the works. What right. is it? Uh, pre-production <laughs> on this project with Chris Clark. No, he, me, and him come came up with a really cool idea. Uh, but I can tell you, is this the one that you <clears throat> when we first met? You was like, yeah, man, I want you in this film. No, is, that what happened to that. I have no idea, oh. um, so, but no, that's the, what the rest of this podcast about. You didn't know I, I, I brought you here to interrogate you. Okay, we'll talk to women. No, I, just, no, I mean, but, uh, like I said, I have no, I have no shame. But um, but no, this like it's a, but I can, I can't really tell you what the premise is, but I can tell you like the overall world that it's going to be in. Um, I want to make a film. Chicago, duh. Yes, obviously, great, definitely Chicago, but a specific. My, a specific type of people who don't really get that much shine. So there is a almost gaming commu- anime community that and black gaming anime community that doesn't really get that much shine. And while this isn't like extremely anime type movie, I'm going to be paying homage to those folk uh, because I don't feel like black nerdum gets that much play it is now recently with like you know other films like black panther coming out or mm-hmm. um what's another one i don't really know i can't read well they're doing it. a cyborg You're talking movie, about but huh? all in with um john boyega, john boyega playing you know Lee yeah john boyega bit playing finn you know That's like right. the i mean this notion that of almost afrofuturism yeah. As in, like you know, af- like the idea, I- ideology of black people mixed with science fiction, right, initially. Right, right. And I think there is a lot of us who enjoy this, and like I don't think that we get uh, the recognition that we have. And I just want to show that 
us as a black people are are into things such as this because I think there's a stigma that we aren't that we're just into gangs, drugs, and and pop, pussy popping on a handstand and mm-hmm. that's the first. Have you song. ever seen the David Banner? Um, he created a kind of cartoon superhero. No, um, but that sounds amazing because yeah, I love this. Maybe three years ago. So, because um, David Banner is, I like think a, it's based off of African gods. Yeah, it's based yeah. off of African god. I can't remember the name of him. Word that sounds dope. Yeah, why you pull like that up? A short series. Yeah, why you pull that up? I also just found, heard about there's like some uh, a new Nigerian um, comic book that's about to come out. Yeah, it's called X E X O X. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, Actually, uh, I I uh, donated to the Kickstarter. Did you? Thing. Yeah, did, I got a copy of it. Shame on me because I already got it. Yeah. How you not gonna tell me about Damn it, Joe. Hook a brother. Up. Walking with the gods is what it's called. Here we go. Um Are we gonna pause? We ain't got no audio. We're gonna have a commercial break. I guess we could. This would be a good time to take a pause. Let's watch this for a moment and we'll come back. This is a new experiment we're gonna do on Films D. We'll see you in a moment. Peace. Pardon this break. We thank you for listening to Films D Podcast. If you're interested in being a sponsor or would like to be featured on a future episode, please feel free to contact us at filmsd at gmail.com. That's F-I-L-M-D-E-E at gmail.com. Thank you. Man. Yo. Where have I been? You missed it. Apparently, that was dope. Yeah, David Banner's Walking With Gods. Uh, You can check it out on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's on a couple channels. I'm not sure if that's even the original channel, but it's been out for about two years. So what we just watched there. Motion graphics. Motion graphics, comics, science fiction, all surrounded up in blackness. Yeah, African culture. Yeah, you got all them uh, Indicra symbols. Yeah. So two things. Once again, what I just said about comics and science fiction wrapped up in Afro and blackness, Mm -hmm. one. Mm-hmm. But when it went into like the opening credits with the hip hop drums and the beats, that's another aspect I want to ca- capture as well. Okay. Because okay. it's hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think as also, I think there's also a stigma of the black nerd culture yeah. that we don't enjoy hip hop is either, that we don't like rap. But like, we be having strong, in depth conversations or like, I have friends who are producers who will take a video game beat or find inspiration from like an anime and talk about like that Drake song, Highline Blade. Right. <laughs> flipping on his flipping that's on a, his that's a very relevant concept, but yeah, well, yeah. flipping on his head and you can have the greatest MC spit over it. But you know what I'm saying? People don't when you th- when you think new hip hop producer, you don't th- you think Swiss or 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 DJ Cali or Timbaland, or like, yeah. like these hard-looking dudes, or Kanye. right? Kanye, but, but well, Kanye's a nerd, first of all. But like, you don't think of the dude playing Dragon Ball Z uh, in his in his living room with like anime posters as a person who can do this. Yeah, these are all my friends, and we. <laughs> no, and, and the other thing about hip hop too, a lot of people don't realize this. I, I didn't realize this myself until maybe about four or five years ago. Don't knock me for it, but I didn't know Wu Tang Kent Land was like they like superheroes. Yeah, I had no idea. What was the concept of each one of them being superheroes? Yeah. Oh wow. 
I like that was brought to my attention by like a true woo head. It was he broke it down to me, and I was like, okay, I got to look at this differently. And that's entire. If you really think about it, a lot of hip hop artists, that's what they are. They're kind of like personas of, of comic book heroes in a mm-hmm. way. They are our comic book heroes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, and we talk about them just as much as we would talk about comic books. Certain ones you nerd out over over others. You don't like some kind of superheroes over others. Exactly. You like Marvel more than you like DC. You like I, Def Jam over Warner Brothers or whatever. There, there, I I love it because comics. I've I, and once again, also I feel like another subject I want to tackle is the idea of a comic or a graphic novel not being considered good literature. There's some amazing literature. There's some amazing writing in these comic books and like the concepts of what a world is. I mean, prime example. Uh, if you're familiar with the Mar- with the Marvel series, uh, when it comes to X Men, there was an arc called um, Avengers versus X Men, right? And that's mm-hmm. basically, without getting too deep into it, the Avengers were fighting against the X Men, and you have the Avengers, which is a government-run agency, versus a people who have who are humans. But are a little bit different and are oppressed. Yeah, and they the like grassroots organizers versus the system. They all look different. Yeah. But they're just humans and they don't have actual powers and aren't run by the government. Tell right. me that ain't a metaphor. You know what I'm saying? People, my brother hit me up the other day. He was like, Charles, did you know that Malcolm, that, 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 Magneto and Charles Xavier was Dr. King and Malcolm X. <gasps> One was all about violence. One's about peace. <gasps> and Stanley actually mentioned confess. He admitted that a long time ago. Right. So yeah. So don't tell me that comic books or fiction or non-traditional literature can't be enlightening or or be profound. Uh, right. The the idea of Black Panther, Black Panther, <laughs> you know how bold you have to be to create a character amongst the '60s about a about a character named Black Panther, and make him a dominant character and one of the most powerful. And his country of Wakandia is like technology advanced and has never been taken over by a white man because it's that strong. You know how you know the balls you have to do to create a character like that in the '60s for this predominantly white audience. Yeah. Shout out to Stan Lee. So, and, and Jack Kirby. And Jack Kirby. I'm sorry. You know I'm that, sorry. Um, yeah, Jack Bish, Kirby. Speaking of Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King being uh, character influences for X-Men, uh-huh. uh, Bishop was an influence. Uh, Tupac was an influence behind Bishop. In Say the what? Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Did not, not know that. Cinematic, but, uh, yeah. No, he was created around the same time that the movie Juice came out. Hey. So, like, that's the influence there. And there was even. You got the juice now, huh? huh? You got the juice now, huh? <laughs> nah, but uh, speaking of that film, is oh, no, that's not what I wanted to bring up. I wanted to ask you, do you know Michael B. Jordan, speaking of graphic novels, he's going to be, he's uh, in the process of producing his own graphic novel. No. Uh, based upon, um, it's going to be a suspense, th- uh, like, thriller. Uh, graphic novel that he's creating that I think he ultimately at some point I'm assuming hey yo Michael B let me give you like $40 now for the first two copies I got you <laughs> so yeah I just want to mention that in case anybody is unaware of that that's dope yeah, that's so. that, that's amazing and and I'm, I'm 
I my apologies for me, for this going into like a black nerd type podcast. Whatever. No, it's all good, man. Yeah. I like I I am like learning as I go along mm-hmm. myself, and I'm learning a lot from the people that are featured on my podcast. Right. Like, in fact, there have been ideas, even having this conversation with you, that have like come to fruition. Mm-hmm. That in for example, how we took that pause. To yeah. watch something right. I've always wanted to be able To get to that point You even And just doing that now With you in this setting mm-hmm. Has given me more ideas hey, it's, black, so, it's black magic I baby mean, you know, Exactly got it. So you know we're, we're you building got it too. You gotta believe in yourself I'm not knocking <laughs> I'm not knocking you For going anywhere We're going with this conversation yeah, You just gotta keep it under That hour. is kinda The realm That I wanna build A script out of And a film I'm sorry um, And uh, So yeah That's what I'm working on Right now Okay Mm-hmm. All right, um, and you and Chris are working on it. Yes, uh, Chris came up with the original idea, um, and he brought it to me. And so right now we are in very early stages where we're kind of just like getting general dialogue together, but we're also like doing a lot of character development, mm-hmm. um, character development, and um, kind of building the world of what which which it is because it's because it's a world that exists but doesn't exist, mm-hmm. um, as in. It exists in small little uh, pockets mm-hmm. throughout, you know, like America and take forget America, Chicago. I want to bring them into the forefront into one little central location. So um, this idea of people who like comics and who like science fiction, who like uh, you know hip hop as well and break dancing, but also watch Dragon Ball Z. Who all also you know what I'm saying like. Like you know, that was a lot of introdu- a lot of people's introduction to anime. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Black Black Kid, you may or may not have cable. If you do, you watch it on Cartoon Network. If you don't, you're watching on local st- stations. But like this dope cartoon about these dudes fighting. You know what I'm saying? What is this? And let, let, me, let me take one more pause. I'm they sorry. have a lot of niggas on Asia. They do. <laughs> and can I'm just speaking as like a former nerd. I'm still a nerd, but like. When I was in high school and I used to watch anime and all the jocks used to make fun of me about this, you get on Facebook now, you see these same niggas yep. on Facebook. Yo, that episode of Bleach was dope. Nigga, get out of my face. I've right. been white reading Bleach for the longest time. Charles, man. Charles, I understand. Trust you, me. you know what I'm saying? I'm like, these is the same hood ass talking about how gangster Jigoku is. Get out of my face. I've known that for Those years. The memes and stuff. Like, man. <laughs> my time <laughs> anyway back to film um yeah speaking of i'm just gonna divvy off into talking more so about you personally okay. i been thinking about this a lot lately myself we were when you was over here we were watching uh falling down yes. with michael douglas yes you Good finish film. it yes what'd you think crazy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i mean i have some bad days but damn <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he was crazy. He he had a bad day. So that is my general like opinion about like the plot. You know, it wasn't it was a good movie. It was like, damn, this is having a bad day. Well, like I feel like that's the movie you play in your head before you cut over the edge, right? So say you have like a shitty day and you're like, you just wanna fuck up. And just fuck shit up. Think about falling down with Michael Douglas, and you'll be like, you know what? It's not that serious. <laughs> no, and, I, and I, I've had, I've had, I've had a couple that. days like that. I've had a couple I, days like that. Me man. too. 
Yeah. Me too. But in fact, know. I've I've had so many that I would love to make a black version of that. Oh, film. okay. You see what he did there? This guy, this guy, Richard knows what he's Just doing. Just a short. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Um. So but, you, uh, So what, when you say a black version of that, what does that mean? I would honestly be like, you know, it'd be the black version of it <laughs> will begin kind of how his did, except he ain't the black dude ain't got no car. Oh come on. Nah, uh, he he trying to get a t- he trying to get like a taxi or Uber or something. Okay, bet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's basically it's a series of mis- misfortunate events lead to this going crazy. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. For that. yeah. Like I've had instances where I was on my way to the train. I mm-hmm. thought I had my bus pass. Didn't mm-hmm. go back home. Yeah. Realize that the bus pass was in my pocket the yep. whole time. Just yep. couldn't feel it because I had on these extra tight pants today. Yep. It, it felt like my leg. Like yep. I had just finished working out the night before. Gym trainer had me going at it hard. Um, and so I requested an Uber. Mm-hmm. Got my Uber. Mm-hmm. Dude pulls up. No less than a minute, dude. Mm-hmm. Cancels the ride and takes off. I'm like running late for work. I got to get to the that? train station. Huh? Can they do that? Yeah, they can do that within five minutes. He was less than a minute away from my house. So he like pulled. He was at the corner. Had to go around a block because it's a one way. Came around a corner. And I'm coming down the elevator, and as soon as I get to the first floor, I don't have a ride anymore. Like, I'm looking at the app, and, like, it's like... Did he call I you? I got to request a new... No. Nothing. Aren't they supposed to call you? They don't have to. Call. Yeah, they Sorry, don't have I don't know to. Why the dude just straight up canceled my ride, man. Then the next ride, I had to wait, like, 10 minutes for. The dude was cool. Mm-hmm. He uh, got me there in time, you know, with time to spare, get some uh, coffee. But I get to the coffee shop at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> And the motherfuckers at McDonald's, they got like three different lines at the oh, one at the train station. Uh-huh. One is for just food. One is for just cold drinks. One is for hot drinks. Wait, you can't buy one? Nah, it's just for convenience. It's if you just come in for coffee, you oh, can get your coffee. I, that makes sense. You just getting a drink, like an orange juice or something, just get your orange juice and go. But if you want the whole if you shebang. Want the whole shebang, this, okay, this is where you, you be at. Got over you. here okay. with all, all right. these motherfuckers. Okay. They, they, they got time. They got time to wait. Or whatever. So I go in trying to get my coffee. The coffee line gone. Like they like closed the whole section off. I gotta wait in line with everybody getting everything. And I'm like, nah, I ain't got time for that. And so I'm like bamboozling people in the line just to get coffee. I'm like, yo, it's supposed to be a line over here for the coffee. I'm making one. I need coffee. I'm trained about to be here in a minute or so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just shit. I mean, and that even happened in the movie where he was uh, <laughs> tripping about the the breakfast. Oh, yeah. Right, he's mad about the breakfast. So, at, uh, go ahead. What was the name of that place? I don't know. Uh, You've been there. Oh, uh, was it supposed to be a McDonald's? It was supposed to be a McDonald's or a Burger King. Uh, Whammy Burger. Yeah, yeah, Whammy. yeah, yeah, yeah Whammy Burger. Right. So there's this doorknob at my mom's house that it, it will fall off if you grab it too hard. Like yeah. if, you, if you pull the door knob, right? Yeah, and it and it comes off. I feel like that is the moment that you would snap. So you're having this really shitty day, right? And everything is just crazy. You get home, you just want to go in your house, and then you pull the door knob. As simple as that is, as the door knob falling out, I feel like that's like the moment where you snap because it's like, are you fucking serious? This better not be the bathroom door. No, but, oh, okay. or, or it could be, but regardless, but like I feel like it's like the straw, the bricks, the bricks of camel's back, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Al, a piece of straw is like a small little thing, but like, or it's a doorknob, huh? Or is the straw is a doorknob? The straw is a doorknob, and then <laughs> that's it. 
I feel like that's something that will make you go insane. Something small like that, or like your glasses break, or some shit like something small, something very very minuscule. But you're just like, because like, because I've had those dates where everything will be going wrong, but it but it'll be like. Uh, like it won't be a big shit. It was like multiples of like ten, like ten small pieces of shit happening. You know no, I, mean? I didn't finish the story. Oh, so there's more. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm, shit. God damn. I'm sorry. Uh, nah. But so once I get to my fi- my destination at the end of this train route, uh huh, I have to request another ride to uh, get to excuse my me, to excuse the me, office. Sir, can you just you know like just yeah, I turn the voice down. Yeah, um, I had to get I'm to the office. Angry black man. And so <laughs> I request another ride to get to the office. The motherfucker going to the damn cemetery. I'm like, when did he <laughs> going to the train station at the cemetery? Ain't wrong. Like, how you over there? He's, so I'm waiting another 10 minutes. I'm already late for some shit uh-huh. that I didn't even have to be there for. <laughs> I get there thinking that I'm running late for some shit. I get an email like, yeah, nobody's here today. I was like, oh, okay. I get in the ride finally. We going to where I need to be. I'm like less than five a uh, minute away. I'm like, yo, just turn around and take me back to the train station. Oh, my goodness. Wait, so why didn't you just take the train, the car right back to the cost? Would it cost too much? Back oh, to the crib. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was in the suburbs. Oh damn. No, that would have cost too much. But um, that that's just that would have been a fucking moment for me. I would just say fuck it and pay for it. Nah, I mean, and nah. it's just from that from me leaving home to going to work. Oh word. I mean, that would have been my moment. He was like, I want to go home. I feel you. Uh, I just want to go home. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a dope movie. Uh, if you're trying to do it, I I I would can I, I want to DP it anyway. Continue. Uh, but yeah, no, that sounds dope. No, I got you for sure. Um, but uh, I, I, the reason I brought that up was because I, I, that's one of the films that I love. Like, I can watch that film over and over again. Okay. Just because it, I can live vicariously through him because I have so many, <laughs> right. I have days like that. It's just like, yes. I and this is why we have Douglas. art. Right. I feel I got you. you. <laughs> yes. When I'm, yeah, I, I, I won't. Doesn't he have cancer? Michael Douglas? Yeah. Like in real life? Yeah. Well, he had cancer. Okay, he did have cancer. Yeah, he had throat cancer. Throat cancer. That sucks. No, this man says he has throat cancer because he ate. He had, oh he, yeah, he was busy was with a, the color. He was, he was he was going in. He got cancer from the JJ. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. Can you get cancer like that? I have my own theories, but I, and I've read articles that kind of like validate what he was saying. But it's it's possible. Ask Siri if you want to. Siri, can you get throat cancer from eating pussy? <laughs> Oh wait, edit work. I'll do it again. Uh, do it one more time. Hold on, let me. Uh, you know what? Let me do it through Google. Yeah, Google is more accurate. Yeah. Your Siri act up sometimes. She'll answer. Yeah, she be she be tweaking sometimes. All it's right. all good. You want to know what's crazy? The lady that do Siri voice in America follows me on Twitter. Word. Yes. Nigga, you so famous. if I really got like questions, I need answers to. I know where to go. Direct hey. line concerns and issues with. Can she you get throat cancer from issues. eating pussy? Michael Douglas thinks Cunnilingus marathons. <laughs> That's the first thing to pop up. Michael Douglas thanks Cunnilingus marathon for thrift. <laughs> what a, a marathon of Cunnilingus? A marathon. Uh, is this yes. something that happens He's annually? He's having a lot of fun with Catherine. Uh, Coming to you live from the third annual Cunnilingus marathon. <laughs> Michael Douglas. And R. Kelly. Ooh, I'm sorry. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Too, too bad, too soon, too real. Too far. Uh, I don't think he too went far. that far. I think he just, you know, nah, you know, he kept the distance. <laughs> he, he, he knew the risks. <laughs> he knew the risks involved. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, all right. Anyway, 
Back to it. Um, so, no, but I, I, what I want to ask you, all, I asked, all this was to ask you, what film would you watch, like, until you die? Ocean's Eleven. You watch that Ocean's over and over. Eleven. Like, I if can... you was on your deathbed in the hospital from eating cuddlingus, and they, <laughs> you ain't had the insurance to get the, the surgery. Yes. You would watch yes. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is my favorite movie of all time. I can, and not the, not the original one with, with yeah. Sammy Davis. I'm talking George Clooney, Brad Pitt, uh, Bernie Mac, Don Cheeto, uh, fucking Matt Damon. Who else is in that film? Uh, uh, the Julia Roberts. Uh, all right. Andy Garcia. Yes. Oh, man. Andy you Gar- putting all in the movie. You talking about the trilogy? Yeah. No, no. Specific- no I like all he's talking about movie. the trilogy. You like- talking about one of the films. No, no, no. I'm talking about one of the films. No, Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia's in all yeah. three. Yeah. And Julia Robertson, all of them? She's the first two. Okay. She went in there. Yeah, pretty much all of them are in the same one. Andy Garcia was in the first he's two. The, he's the, he's the, 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 oh, the casino the casino yeah. owner. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he joins their team, their squad. Uh, after the yeah, that's in three. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's me off. I'm like, he wasn't on the squad. Yeah. I love that movie so much. That is one of the movies <clears throat> that it is on. I will stop whatever I'm doing to watch it. Or it, you, you know how sometimes like back, back at my mama's house, you used to have cable. You know what I'm saying? Like she got she got it like that. So she it would come on HBO all the time. Yeah. And I would just throw it on yeah. in the background. And I can quote that entire movie almost word for word. Hmm. Um Is that why you like it? No. Uh I like it. Because of the dialogue. The dialogue, um, the the dialogue, the chemistry, the the comedy, the cinematography, the story. I love heist movies. I love okay. movies with like a crazy plot that leads to something else, and there's so many twists and turns with it. And just like the comedy style of it, uh, the amazing actors is in it. Like it was, I don't know. I, I I resonated with it as a kid because I think I think it was. How old I think, are you? I think it was my first grown-up film. How old are you? To me, 26. Yeah. Oh, okay. About to be 27. Why okay. do you ask? No, nah, because you said you grew up on that film, right? Well, no. I mean, as in my teen, my, my teen, when, when I was just 11. It was like a coming-of-age type of moment. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it was my one of my first adult films, essentially, where I was, like, paying attention. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because, like, you know, I, I, and I realized this as a kid. You Sometimes you watch a film or watch something. And you're just watching it because it's just on. Like it's on. as a, as a yeah. kid, you're watching like Disney, like like Disney movies, like Aladdin, The Lion King, some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. He's like, "Oh, it's really cool. I can't wait to be king to sing along with it as a kid." But this as a guy kid, it's hilarious. But as a kid, you may not be paying attention to like the cinematography aspect. Ocean's Eleven is one of the first movies that I really paid attention to to the point now where like. I, I was paying attention to the plot. I was paying attention to the dialogue. I was paying attention between like the relationship between the characters, between Danny and Rusty, between between Danny and uh, Julie Roberts' character, between Don Cheeto and and Bernie Mac's characters. I had the two only two black characters, but then you also have like this black character who's a British person as well. So like it's it, it's it was. I don't know. I just really love that film, and I gravitated to it, and the music of it, and like whenever I hear a song, um, whenever I hear a song from the film, I immediately go to it, and so it was just, I love it, and I can quote it. I can quote every single, almost every single line, and I love this. I love the second one, and the third one. People didn't like the second one too much. I still liked it. I still thought it was a cool concept. Who's the uh, Mark in the third one? I couldn't remember. Uh, it, it is uh, 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 Scarface. 
Al Pacino. Al Pacino's character. He plays. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So the concept of the third one is there's a new host. He, uh, Al Pacino character, um, he's in par- partnership with uh, Ruben. Um, who uh, is Ruben? The older guy. I don't know. He, he's like the he's like the, the older. Come to the, mind the for older, me is yeah, the I'm other guy who owns the casino. They are in, they're in partnership with each other, and like he he betrays him and sends him into like a coma like state almost, and so like it's like kind of payback because like there's this dope line. It's like um, you shook you shook Frank Sinatra's Spoiler hand. Spoiler alerts for you youngins that are I, listening. Look, statute limitation is five years. Okay. <laughs> That's only for Bill Collins. Whatever. Oh. oh, whoa. Hey, man, you brought up. Yeah, hey, man, we bringing up all kind of. <laughs> Actually, the statute of limitations of the Cosby is 20 years. Is it really? Yeah, if, in theory, if you, because they like. Because that should happen a long time Right. Ago. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, I love it, I, and I I draw inspiration from it. Um, I believe it was Pete Berg, Peter Berg. No, 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 no. Um, God, who's the director of this damn? Film? I know it's uh, Steven Soderbergh. Soderberg. Steven Soderbergh. Yes, whatever. Steven Soderbergh. Yes, that's his name. Um, I just gravitated to that film um, because of the music, and so it's funny that you say, um, if I was on my deathbed. And I got to watch one movie. That would be the one. Absolutely. All right. I'm, because, I'm, of, because of the last scene. I'm going to bring that instead of a get well soon. Right. Hey. <laughs> hey you know what I'm saying? Because of the, 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 last, the last scene after they successfully pulled off the heist. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, they get the money. Um, there's a scene where they're standing. There's all. They walk out. And they're um, standing in front of the Buckingham Fountain. Or not Buckingham Fountain. Whatever the. Famous fountain, yeah, some, one of those. One of them found. I ain't never yeah. been to Vegas, but like, and they're just kind of staring off, and it was, just, and it's the uh, the music that's playing is the, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same music that United uses for like, oh, dun, 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 dun. yeah, 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 it's kind of, yeah, yeah. it's very. I, I think it's either by the same composer or something similar, but those, the song is very similar. Yeah, 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 And there's a scene with with Julie Roberts and Danny's and and uh, 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 George Clooney's no character. Copyrights on that song, so right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stupid. So it was just like it was such a moment of beauty for me, and like if there was ever a way to w- w- way to go out, it would be to that music. You know what I'm saying? Like very very classical idea because like you know it played homage to the original one with Danny du- um not Danny Frank Sinatra Frank Sinatra uh, and Sammy and Davis, Sammy Davis uh, Jr. You know which which I watch and I enjoyed it because you know my dad made me watch if you're gonna watch this because my dad was the reason I watched Ocean's Eleven you know what I'm saying because he knew about the older film so. But yeah, that was a long ass tangent on Ocean's Eleven. But yeah, that's nah, another. man. It, hey, yeah, cool. you feeling you? The show's over now. No, I'm just <laughs> um, no, nah, I wanted to ask you that, and of course, I wanted to follow that one up with uh, what is the most recent film or TV show or piece of content that you've watched on like Netflix, Hulu, or YouTube? This specifically on the internet or film period? On the internet. On the internet. That, that I, the most recent one, or the most recent one that I enjoyed. The most recent one you enjoyed. Uh, I'm sure you can talk more about that. Then. Uh, right just now, the most recent. Most recent show I, I just saw started season six of Shameless. 
I've yet to get into that show. You well, need to do your, you need to do you need to slap yourself in the face first of all for not paying attention to that show. But Shameless is, is a that the show with Don Cheadle? No, that's no, House that's House of, that's House of Lies. Yeah, that's okay. another underrated show as well. Is that still on? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I feel like if it is I, Don Cheadle isn't on it. I don't know. I hope it didn't get canceled because it was a really good show, but it, I don't think it got as much play as it did. Because Showtime, you know, Showtime's been trying to like get Showtime has been trying to beat HBO essentially. You know what I'm saying? Um, Not even though beat Netflix, there's a, well, yeah, now, but like before Netflix, like the the original Con- racy content was HBO and Showtime, right? Yeah. So Showtime had like Weeds, Dexter, yeah, and so. HBO I think Shameless is the was, was was the next heavy hitter, but I still don't think it gets that much popular. Boardwalk is HBO. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't get the notoriety that I think it should. It's such an amazing show. Now, if you're not familiar with the show, it's actually it started out in the UK, um, but there's an American version of it, and the American version is way better than the UK version, and I rarely say that. But uh, the the U.S. version is starring um, William H Macy. He's a father, uh, and it's based in, out, out of Chicago. Obviously, they shoot right here in Chicago. Um, and um, William H Macy, and he has a family of kids who are just trying to make it. He's a drunk. He's an alcoholic. He's a drug addict, and he just gets into crazy random shit as like a homeless kind of a homeless guy but he's not homeless but he is homeless and then so he has his older daughter named Fiona played by uh I forget her name Emma Rosen Emma Rosenbaum isn't Emma Rosenbaum sure I think that's what it is she's an amazing actress and she's like the oldest daughter and she's taking care of her five brothers and sisters and basically about them making it by any ways money, any ways necessary. They they ain't got no money, but they figured it out somehow by selling drugs, by like cheating, by like you know uh, selling fake CDs, loose squares, or whatever. It's about this white family in the back of the woods, Chicago, making it. And that like, remind me of another show. I feel like there was a family that was like they lived in a house and they had to figure out how to maintain like the mortgage. Yeah, but it's way more than Borges. They they dealing with like drug addicts, gang show. activity. They dealing with like crazy neighbors. They and this deal- is the same network that brought weeds. Yes. Okay. Showtime. It sounds like a similar show. It's, okay. it's I might have to check it out. Say you should really if watch I like it. weeds. Cause, I, cause I probably you, like shows. It's, it's it's very easy to. How long is it? Is it like weed? Does it move like weeds? It's, what, what do you mean by move like weeds? Like, like the weeds? pacing? Like no, no. It's slower. It's okay. slower. It's more dramatic. It's more, so it's more like. Breaking bad slow, or in, the, no. in between? It's in between. No, what's a what's a good pace of the show? Um, anybody ever tell uh, how you to you make like it in br- America? Okay, I've seen that. Almost All the right. speed of it. I've seen not a actually what it's that. about, but like kind of like the cinematography look kind of a kind of dark kind of warm mm-hmm. um that's the best way that's the only thing i could think of off the top of my head with the speed is like it mm-hmm. but uh and but it's like it's a comedy drama you know it has a lot of comedic aspects but a lot of dramatic dramatic aspects you know it's showtime so they can do whatever the hell they want you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and as these and you get connected to these characters in such a dramatic way because like you want them to win mm-hmm because they they don't have anything. They don't have any money. Mom's mom is a bipolar woman who left 
And so now there's this drunk dad. So there's just the older daughter who's taking care of everybody. And then she's trying to balance out between pretty much being a mother and then being a 20, late 20 something trying to like live. But she's also raising her, her five brothers and sisters. One who is 18 lip. You have Liam who is, uh, who's out gay, but he's also bipolar. You have like the youngest daughter, Debbie. She, but she's now turning into a teenager. So she learning how to like boys, but you know what I'm saying? So you're, you're, you're seeing this family go through this poverty type I like state yeah. at different aspects. You know, so there's like this, they have they have a little ba- a little brother. He's like a little black kid, and he's related to them, but he's not. But he is still haven't so this quite, is still haven't quite figured out how he's related. But it's not racist. Word. You know what I'm saying? So like that's crazy. I'm gonna check that show out, you man. Should. So that's what you've been watching most yes. recently on Love the Internet. Love Shameless. All right. Uh, shout out to Chicago. I don't mean to insult you. You're gonna be probably the second person I insult on my podcast. Anybody ever tell you you look like a black uh, Marx Brothers? Marx Brothers. Yes, you look like one of the Marx Brothers. Ooh, I'm not familiar. Wait, Marcus, 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 Marcus. Marcus. They're comedians. Four of them. Uh, who's on first? I doubt that's what they created, but they slapstick comedy anyway. Oh, Mark, like like who's on first? Like yeah. the classic? Yeah. Who's on? Like yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. The, the guy whose name is who? Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know what they look like. Put them up. The Marks brother. I mean, I'm familiar with that name. I don't know what they look like. I feel like I feel like they're white. That's racist. No, it's not. Marx Brothers. Flip scrap. Like, like, tilted, tilted this way. What's one of the like? The one on the end? Yeah, the one on the end. I am offended. I am appalled. I look nothing like that man. I don't know. Hey, man, and on that note, I'm going to kick you off. The <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, but I have a couple more questions. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm you, No, you real passionate. You go in detail, and I appreciate that because you fill in time for me to come up with next question. <laughs> okay, cool. Because um, I'm. Sometimes we like I don't like my notes no more. I don't know what I'm gonna talk about, but I do want to ask you um, about black film in general overall. Okay. How do you feel? Like I don't know. I feel like there's this gap, especially with uh, the content created by male black males uh, through you know just in art and the recognition. You got to almost push your way through or you got to come in kind of, you know, as a as a rapper, hip hop. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to be hip hop if you want to be an artist as a male. You can't necessarily come in as a creative who's thought provoking and you have great in-depth ideas that are, you know, very poetic and intricate to the culture. Um, what do you think holds us back as black men or do you think it's ourselves culture or just the system as a whole access to content beyond our immediate surroundings is this in terms of life experiences or the average black kid sorry um, the average black kid does not experience more than what they're around them on their block on their neighborhood um, if you're familiar with Chicago uh, there are 
kids on the south side of the city who have never been past downtown. There are who think that who have never even been downtown. It's this foreign place to them. So because of money, you know, lack of funds, inability un- un- to get around or a lack or desire to experience other than what's on the block. Cause it's so it's so dramatic. It's so mentally stimulating. The block essentially is for them that that's their entertainment. That's what they do. That's what they, you know, so, um, family drama, um, gangs, hip hop, you know, drugs. Uh, let me stop. Let me not say hip hop gangster. Nah, I don't want to, I want to take hip hop out of that statement. Cause I actually love hip hop. Um, but, Drill music, you know, so that's what they have. That's what they have access to. And so, naturally, some of those kids are going to sometimes maybe get a camera. So, their inspiration or what they shoot or what they put out there or what's put out there is that content. And so, to the rest of the masses, to the, to the masses, this is what we, this is what black people can do. This is all we see. This is all we have access to. And so it's a snowballing effect. So based upon this kid who lives in the circumstances, who he hasn't seen much and experienced much, he can't tell many stories about other, other things. <clears throat> they don't, if they don't see, if they're, if they're not seeing other filmmakers who are putting out other content beyond that, if they're not seeing stuff on TV or the internet, other than world star hip hop or what's just on their Facebook and timeline on Twitter or whatever, but like then, not, then there's nothing else they can draw from. Mm-hmm. We draw from our surroundings. So I think that is what, what they have. That's what they are exposed to. So that's what they produce. So you think that that would, bring, so, but, but so if I, they were giving access, access to, to more things, uh, more opportunities, they would have different experiences. One thing that I'm I love is this concept that President Obama is trying to come up with is free community college, first two years paid, free, right? Mm-hmm. That's an idea that's on the table right now. Yeah. And go ahead. No, I'm saying um, I, I know that that was brought up um, early in his when he first when he per, when he was first running. Yeah, first he, and, he and he brought it up. As an idea last year at, at the uh, his State of the Union address, right, 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 he did. Um, go ahead, go, go ahead. But the reason I, I bring thoughts on that, the reason why I bring that up is because whether or not you approve of where the money's going to come from, how it works, or whether or not you approve of it being a a good idea, regardless, what you're doing is you're giving people access to things they wouldn't normally have. You're giving them, you're exposing people to technology or ideas or literature or art or other concepts or other ways of life or other cultures or other you know other things that, that the world has to offer than they wouldn't normally get on their daily lives and I, I think out of that draws different and uh, more creativity and more ideas prime example ryan coogler mm-hmm. if you aren't familiar who that is you need to step your game up ryan coogler is the director of creed He's the director of Fruitvale Station and now the director of Marvel's Black Panther. Do you do you know that this guy, this black director, had only shot three shorts before this? Because mm-hmm. he went to, but but because he went to USC. 
and you got access to school somehow, somewhere. I want to do more research on this story. What? No, I was going to say uh, his idea for Creed, um, you know, is what sort of is sparked when he was in uh, when he was in undergrad. Actually, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was his professor that uh, encouraged him to consider filmmaking because he had did a short, short story mm-hmm. and it was inspired by his um, situation that his father was going through. And uh, his uh, teacher liked it, and he was like, you should consider filmmaking. And that, you know, that bit of encouragement led him, you know, was a sort of a snowball effect that led him to, you know, going into film. film I'm He's a great visual storyteller, bottom he line. He is. I mean, even the shorts should have revealed that it was like, this dude is a master at telling a story. And what's dope about Ryan, and him specifically, is because, do you know who he looked like? He looked like my cousin. He looked like he could be <laughs> at the family reunion. I feel like he could be playing spades with my cousins. You know what I'm saying? He, Dousing his mac and cheese and hot sauce. Man, he yeah. he looks like a brother. And like, you know what I'm saying? Not to take away from any other filmmaker, but like he looks like somebody from the block. And I feel like he looks like what these what these kids look like. What these other people so who could look up to them. Because like, like I said, they're not exposed to it. They don't see like, people... People grab and people gravitate to what they know, or they inspire by what they see. If they don't see people like him, you know what I'm saying? Then like they're not made up me inspired. Like when they think of when they think of black filmmakers, think of Denzel Washington. Yeah, Denzel's dope, but he's also older. Mm-hmm. Ryan yeah. Coogler is like just pushing thirty. Yeah, he's yeah. So he, and he looks young. So these kids see him, and now oh man, that, and he did Creed, and the movie's amazing. And Fruitville Station was a movie about saving your life, or saving, or about my homie who could have been who could have been Oscar Grant. The magnitude of what that can do for a child is amazing, and I I love it. And I and one of my hopes is to buy before we get 2017 that I I meet this man and shake his hand because with him and other people like him, F. Gary Gray, another director I love. Yeah. If you have characters like these people who have creative ideas, who can give you these amazing films, straight out of Compton, F. Gary Gray, he was also the director of Friday, if you didn't know. Hey, man, we still got to buy that. So, he, like, if you give <clears> these <throat> kids access to people like them, to access to technology, if you give a kid access to college, so to community college, mm-hmm. so then possibly go to a four-year school yeah. to where he can meet a professor and he can write a paper and the professor sees something in that kid and believe in him and tell him you should do this, then four years later, you're directing Black Panther, a blank check from Disney? Essentially. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he and he's the model for a lot of what I was even reading maybe a couple years ago, how Marvel, um, how it's best to groom uh, your ideal blockbuster director. Did you did you know that Marvel has a uh, they had a screenwriters pro- intern program? No, um, that's how a few of their movies got made, uh, written. <laughs> they um, Nicole Perlman, uh, she wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. She she wrote the script. Um, as for part of the program and submitted it, you know, to Marvel, mm-hmm. and then they liked it so much that they turned it into the movie. Uh, Black Panther was written. Did she by, get paid? Oh, she got paid. Okay, she got credit for it. She her name's in the film. Like she's listed in the okay. credits as because uh, 
that would that story would have been uh, was cool up until the idea of her being an intern. No, she got no, no. She, All right, cool, bad. As yeah, long as she, she got she, paid, I'm, she, I'm, she got credit in the film, like story by. Credit's yeah. cool. Did she get paid by this shit? I'm, I'm pretty sure she did. Anyway, she, I'm sorry. Oh no, no okay. Anyway, I'm so, very um, much for yeah, the yeah. filmmaker. I'm I'm for the crew. So anyway, yeah. continue. Now, so uh, Black <clears throat> Panther was written by. Um, actually, I need to, I should probably look it up, but. Uh, a brother wrote the script. He was part of the uh, internship program too, mm-hmm. and so that script is what's being used. Going to be a template. It's going to be used for the Black Panther movie. Of course, Ryan's going to come in. He's going to doctor it up and whatnot. But Joe Robert Clark. Joe Robert Clark. He sounds like a. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah. He, he he's black. He's a person <laughs> <of color. laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So th- th- that's if. I'm very passionate about that, um, and 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 it's just I feel like if you give, if you start if you start them off young and give them access to ideas and other things outside of what they know, who knows what could happen? You know what I'm saying? But if you're just limiting them to these four walls, these four corners, these four blocks, that's all they're gonna know, and so. I think as a filmmaker myself, when I, I have opportunity to make something awesome or I realize I'm in a situation to portray an idea of people, I take it very seriously. And, 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 that's, and that's what I want to do. I, I, and I want to do it right. And I want to expand the idea of what it means to be a a black filmmaker expand the idea of what it means to for black films expand the idea of what it means to be in black culture or and just expand the idea of what it means to be a black person what it boils down to you know what I'm saying like don't think of me as the black Marx brother, right? <laughs> no, don't think of me as that kid over there. No doubt, no you doubt. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, because that's because it's just go somewhere else. But that's the idea. Oh, you, black kid in hoodie, look like other black kid in hoodie in my head. Even though you're two different people, but to me, you look the same. I want you both dead. You talking about Bishop from Juice? <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, but seriously, man, I'm definitely looking forward to your projects um, you. so you. that you you definitely can get this message out to these young kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you plan on distributing it, how, uh, so, but, uh, but through the, the, the squad, Collective 55 Films, I want to drop them. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, uh, I have been speaking working. of all these Quit. drops. Who, uh, you want to make some more drops for I want to wrap it up. Yeah, we can. Um, so uh, right now, as my journey is kicking off more and more as a cinematographer and a DP, uh, I was recently blessed with the opportunity to uh, meet uh, a few friends of mine by the name of Raheem Branch, Christopher Bailey, Anton. Anton, what's your last name? I forget. It's Anton and uh, Jessica Stell Huggins. They are a group of filmmakers in Chicago, uh, and they are under the tutelage of what is of Collective Fifty Five Films, uh, and they are under the idea of putting, helping each other to create their own films. So each one of them has like ideas for films, right? Um, 
So they hear they submit their films to the pile, um, and they pick which one they're gonna do. They pick the ones they're gonna do, and they all give their energy to that one film to make make it happen. And so it's like, I'm gonna make yours, and you make mine. And so you know, what I'm saying there's an incentive for me to make yours because that makes you gonna want to make mine. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I had been working with them, and they uh, approached me last year to DP two of their short films and they have some more coming down the line and you know it's 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 a really cool uh concept and idea and it's awesome to be a part of something as far as that group is concerned so I'll look, look out for them um E-Trade Productions uh once again Eugene Bush you know he, he we're, we're slated to be shooting a couple films hopefully we should have two films shot by the end of the year um Let's see what else I'm a part of. Uh, you're going to be a part of our podcast episode. I'm going to be part of this podcast, obviously. Again, uh, when we watching. When uh, we watch Daredevil and breaking that down and going into it and and talking about why I think, uh, 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 what's, what's the boss's name, the bad guy in Daredevil? Uh, Kingpin. How I think Kingpin character, I didn't need to know that much about him, but we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Where and, can people follow you at? Uh, people more. can follow me. Okay, so uh, this is you know, I don't know. Uh, Charles J. Williams on Facebook. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's The Clue Effect. That's T-H-E-C-L-U-E-F-X. That's it on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the Clue Effect. Um, and you can find those, too, on uh, Films D Twitter account. I shouted you out. Thanks, dog. Yeah. So, yeah, I got um, thank so, you. Definitely. Thank you. No problem, man. This is yeah. awesome. Uh, I, I, I enjoy. I'm sure we can build more. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a nice episode to share because this has been a great one. And I, awesome. like I said, man, I've explored some new ideas in terms of how we took that pause in the middle of it to sit down and watch a video. Hey, have man, a drink. you know, you know, black magic. This is what it is, bro. Yeah. So, yeah. On that note, I want to thank everybody for listening uh, to episode four of Films D podcast with our guest, Charles J. Williams. Follow us on Twitter at Films D, uh, Instagram Films D, and uh, Facebook. Just been growing Facebook as of late, so follow us there too, Films D. Peace. Outro music.